you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program as the Around the NFL boys walk here into Studio 66. We just spoke with Greg Jennings late of the Packers and of pro football, as a matter of fact. Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV and Patrick Claibon talking all things Packers and the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast. Praise for Tony Romo's clavicle every night. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. That uh, money tag was special to you, Greg Rosenthal. Your love affair for Tony Romo in full bloom in 2016. I, I'm I'm on the Romo train. I mean, you're a big Romo guy. I am, but you've kind of taken the crown. In fact, I'll, I'll go as far as saying it's a little bit messed up because you've been dri- driving that Ryan Tannehill bandwagon to nowhere for two years. You can, and I've been hanging out on the Romo bandwagon this whole time, and all of a sudden I got company. I didn't necessarily ask for it. I've always liked Romo. I mean, I'm thinking of it back to the beginning of his career. That's when I really loved Romo when he came out of nowhere to get uh, Drew Bledsoe out of the lineup and Bill Parcells as the coach. That those were fun teams. You love to see Drew Bledsoe knocked out of the lineup forever. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> After I, I read some of uh, the backroom dealing he was trying to do in 2001, cut Tom Brady's knees from out under him with the coaching staff, and they said, no, we're keeping Tommy in the lineup. Is this on deep background? Uh, no, this is in the uh, excellent book Patriot Reign by uh, Michael Holly, where, where Bledsoe goes into Belichick's office and tries to politics, saying that you know the, these veterans, they're not going to trust Brady and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, get the f- Wes, you and I, All right. let's not say a single word the entire show. <laughs> By the way, Wes wearing a hot dad tee today. 
wearing a T-shirt on Thursday, which is a little outside, just on the outside of the lines. <laughs> I'm a bad boy. Today. Yeah. I've got the beard going. He's got a t-shirt. beard coming in. Ironic, you're the only non-dad here. Well, I got a dad bod, though. <laughs> it's pretty nice. His forearms. Tomorrow, by the way, and we can't at an undisclosed location because it is a private party, kind of like how they have the party where they give out the Super Bowl rings um, every summer. It will be uh, the Shield Reflection Slash Celebration Happy Hour (laughs) at a bar in West Los Angeles um, for all members of the Shield as well as the front office. Hopefully, Mark, you'll be able to make it. We know you have a concert to go to tonight, um, and I really hope that Lil Debbie... Uh, does not interfere with your role as GM because you pulled a Doc Gooden, of course, uh, last Thursday for our title win. You didn't show up. Well, hold. Okay. Need you at the celebration. Once again, family was ill. I was doing. That's what Dwight said. All right. Well, I was doing the right thing by, um, you know, the core members of my life, my family. But the the event is not till 6 p.m. and I am off tomorrow, so I do do not think I'll have a problem getting to the uh, softball celebration. That's one, very good. One question: Are super fans allowed to attend this event? Yeah. Uh, on a fan-by-fan basis, I'd say. What about the boss? Oh, Greg Rosenthal? Yeah. If you were quoted in the Kwong Lamb Lam piece that was posted on NFL.com, you're definitely in. That's good to know. Yeah. Super fan. And um, I will point out, by the way, I should say, pull back the curtain a little bit, Mark, that I reached out to, uh, this is not a joke, Lil Debbie's manager uh, to see if she would be interested in an appearance to promote her show. Do you want to, you know, come on, you know, the most popular, most downloaded NFL podcast in the world and promote, you know, your crappy rap artist? Did not oh. didn't reply. Well, so I'm taking taking the taking I, shots. I'm gonna go straight to Queen D on that one. Yeah, yeah. you should have gone. She's pretty. She's, she's very active. You could have gone. So, I mean, she's retweeted Mark like 15 times. Today. From what little we <laughs> well, know of to, her, I was trying to treat her like an actual professional. That was my mistake. I, I mean, at this point, she's you know seven hours away from performing. We have no idea what state she's in. The clues we've been given about uh, Queen D is it could be she she could her mind state could be varied. All right. So. Anyway, so um, I look forward to the full report from Mark Sessler meeting up with Lil Debbie at the Troubadour tonight. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to on the Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Um, sponsored by no one. Loved by millions. Beholden to no one. Correct, Chris Wessling. On today's show, we will talk about something <laughs> that no one else is talking about. What's that? Well, that that's kind of the tease. What is one thing out there, and we're all going to go around the horn, that no one else is talking about, but they should be? And if there's literally one person out there that's talking about this topic already... That's trouble. It's it's bumpkiss. Is that what they call it? Bumpkiss. Zots. Zots. All right. Well, that's challenging, but... Let's try to so, do it. So in this time of hyper-narratives, as all the teams report and they throw it out to the reporter you know, at, at the practice field for the same update over and over again, this is what you should really be talking about, and that's what we're going to get into. Well, but it has to be something no one in the country has talked about at all. For instance, I'm going to be talking Stugats! about the, the Bills. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The Bills' fifth receiver Look battle, including Colby Listenby, because no one has talked about that. Yeah, there's it, a reason. A tease. It has to be something that. Oh God, Stugatz is not good. Um, <laughs> something that, uh, yeah, that matters. Wait, but... it has to be about football. 
Yes. What if we just go through every team's schedule game by game instead? Predict who each week <laughs> who's going to win. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Something we haven't done in a while. It's, it, you know, it's very important. I think part of the growth of this show. And by the way, our subreddit around the NFL podcast on Reddit is up over 2,500 users now. Uh, so make sure you get involved with that community because we are plugged in on it. Uh, Wes, I know you're an active member on it. I'm a lurker. Uh, Mark, I know you're a lurker. Greg has nothing to do with it. Wants nothing to do with the fans. I wouldn't uh, say that has nothing. That's not true at all. But there's there's many different. How often do you log on and uh, you know peruse? Well, I'm saying there's many. I'm I'm about the fans. You don't have to be about the subreddit to be about the fans. <laughs> okay, so yeah, like well, that that Ted Williams that line about Ted Williams. Gods don't answer letters. You know. Yeah, now his head's well, frozen in wait, the freezer yeah, somewhere. So you're paralleling out. yourself as a as some as a god. Right, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, yeah. So we'll check out the iTunes reviews. That's what I was trying to get to. Uh, see what people have to say, both good and bad, about our show. Uh, but before we do that, we check behind the glass with the Irishman. What's up, Brandon? Dan, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm kind of sad today. Oh, what's that, bud? This is the first Thursday, and I don't know how long. Uh, you know, we don't have a game. That's true. That's a yeah. great point. I had the same uh, feeling of sadness wash over me this morning. But it should bring you some solace to know that only one team gets to end the season with a win. And, and that, that was, was us. the Shield. Damn straight. That was us. And we'll celebrate uh, tomorrow and reflect. Let's do some news. Bud Light, I said. You <laughs> what a terrible beer. Um <laughs> You don't, you don't our, think that has a chance? Of the six or seven things that you've attempted to bring back into the that's probably the worst. That's never was here in the first I don't even place. remember we, that. None of us are even remember that. All right, I'll just we'll use it all right, at the party tomorrow or at the uh, reflection celebration. Ask me uh what I would like to drink. Dan, here we are at the celebration. What can I? What can I buy you? Bud Light, I said. <laughs> Literally, no chance of that happening. <laughs> you drinking a Bud Light? <laughs> I like Bud Light. Uh, all right, we'll start with the news, and uh, it comes out of um, Florham Park, and it is a team called the New York Jets, based in New Jersey, but they play uh, and represent New York, my home state, and they're a quarterback, and his name is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he has a new deal, baby! I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa! I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa! It got feels good. Hey! All right! Katrina in the waves. Yeah. Get the get those pit stains out of my face. Wow. <laughs> you bitter. Sad fool. <laughs> a man that's never had a sweat a day in his life. His air-conditioned strawberry truck. Oh, please. <laughs> Living off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Please. That's what a common man does. He sweats. He earns his paycheck. Just like Ryan Fitzpatrick earned his paycheck, Greg Rosenthal. He deserved this money. A contract worth $12 million, uh, with a chance to make $3 million more based on team performance. It is essentially the deal that he's wanted all along, and he got it. And it's, to me, as a Jets fan, first of all, thrilled that I don't have to 
endure any more Geno Smith bits from, yes, you, Greg, and also thousands of people on Twitter. And, and I speak for all Jets fans. When I feel like the fun thing here is to make fun of Jets fans because Ryan Fitzpatrick is not that good. So why are they so excited about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick was a quality quarterback last year. The Jets never have quality quarterbacks. You could say what you want. He had a very nice season. He's well-liked in that locker room. He's a good dude, and he is not Geno Smith. The Jets did not want anything to do with him as a starter, and that's why this deal got done. If, if they actually did feel confident in Geno Smith, Greg, this would have never happened. They would have kissed Ryan Fitzpatrick goodbye a long time ago, but ultimately they decided they needed to get this deal done. They couldn't look themselves in the mirror, and that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick reported to camp today with a big old afro and a giant beard. I love that picture of Fitzpatrick. I, I like Fitzpatrick, but I disagree with your assessment on the Jets' plan. If there was any team in the league that saw Ryan Fitzpatrick as a real starting quarterback, he would not be on the Jets. But the other 31 teams agreed with the Jets that he's not a real starting quarterback. He did not get the money he wanted. He wanted 16, 17, 18 million. That's what starting quarterbacks make. There is not a single quarterback in the league other than Ryan Fitzpatrick that makes between the on average a total of 7.5 to 16 million dollars. That entire gap no one makes that money except for Fitzpatrick, who's right in the middle, because the Jets are value him as the guy who's right in between a starter and a backup. And so does the rest of the league. Exactly. Kudos to the Jets. I think the Jets got exactly what they wanted. They paid the right price. They played hardball, and they got they got him back in at the right price. It was well, a good job by the Jets. But this was a compromise because the Jets were offering eight million, and that was that's what we had heard, and that's and that was pure backup money, or I guess a high paid backup, yeah. and and the Jets. And the Jets, uh, to Ryan Fitzpatrick credit, he dug his heels in. Even though he didn't have a market, he still got the Jets to come up $4 million. And the incentive, again, it's performance-based for the team. But that could kick it into $15 million. And then you're talking about the – If they win the, the Super Bowl, right? right? Which, listen, could happen. If that happens, you give everyone millions of dollars. Um, if, but If Ryan Fitzpatrick wins the Super Bowl, they're going to name streets after him and buildings in New York. Ooh, getting goosebumps. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. But, uh, no, I mean, I, everything is in perspective as a Jets fan, at least this Jets fan. I know he's not the long-term answer, which another one-year deal makes sense, Mark. Oh, well, we talked about – in general manager Mike McCagnan, a month ago it looked like this offseason for the Jets was, you know, a plane spiraling to earth, total chaos. And now you got everyone you wanted. There, was a, there were people critiquing McCagnan last night, and Joe Banner was one of them, and he tweeted – Joe Banner. That, well, I'm just – you know, listen, he's been in front offices before. I'm Very dangerous for the new GM to be perceived as someone you can wait out and get what you want at the end. Do you feel that's what happened? I don't really. Uh-huh. I think that McCagnin has done a good job getting the the players he needed to get in the building. Didn't Fitz want a multi-year deal? So maybe he didn't get what he no, wanted. No, he wanted, think- the, he wanted the one-year deal. The Jets wanted a three-year deal where basically he was – they could keep him around as kind of an option 1B backup. And he said, well, I'd rather bet on myself for one year, and if I can repeat that season, maybe I'll, I'll get a long-term deal. Do you think that a year from now that their plan is they want – do they see Christian Hackenberg as the quarterback of the future, or is it just they're going to keep drafting quarterbacks every season? They love him to be. I think in a perfect world, Fitzpatrick is, is again playing it at this level or better than they have to – even though it won't be pleasant, maybe negotiate again. But if he comes down to earth, which I think a lot of people think is what's going to happen here, and let's say it does happen, I, I, I could totally see them, if they like Hackenberg's development, giving him a shot at next year. Maybe against 
uh, a veteran in a competition. Hopefully not Geno Smith. A year from but, now is an eternity. Could could you imagine if I told you on July 28th of 2015 that you're going to be playing Katrina in the waves because Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> re-signed to be the Jets starter? Yeah, it's a it's funny being a Jets fan, and it's a, it's a funny world, the NFL, because that Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way, got um, over about a 300% raise over his salary last year. So that's the kind of year he had and still is in the lower-paid echelon of starting quarterbacks or the lowest-paid um, but he was making peanuts because he was a literal journeyman nobody, and then he had the season of his life. Well, and and he's a guy who gets intercepted a lot, and I think he was very lucky to not get intercepted more than 15 times. I, I think only Eli Manning has more interceptions per throw since 2009, although Eli, obviously if he was like Eli, they wouldn't be disappointed. They did say today, Todd Bowles uh, said, he basically confirmed Geno Smith's not getting cut. He said, Geno's here. He's going to be our number two quarterback. Of course, there's competition if even at, at – he mentioned Fitzpatrick. If it's if Fitzpatrick or Geno really struggled or someone from the bottom really pushed to climb, you know, they could change things around. But he said he's the backup. He's staying. And to Geno Smith's credit, he's handled this very well the last four months. He got jerked around a little bit in all this where he was just a pawn in this game and he could have run his mouth, but he's and he's probably not happy behind the scenes, but he didn't speak out and he's going to slide into that backup role and maybe he'll end up playing a big role in the season. You never know. This Fitzpatrick thing could go either way. I'm going, eyes are wide open. I know people like Damashek try to have fun at the expense of me and other Jets fans, but I think a, a logical Jets fan has their eyes wide open going into this, but it was the right time to bring him back Let's see if he can win some. Is this the best offense he's ever been on? I think so. I mean, those Bills offenses when he had that one good stretch that he had some players on that team, but the combination of Decker and Brandon Marshall. That's why it was a no-brainer. He fits with this team. Uh, Moving on. Another new deal. Mike Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings, their head coach, not going anywhere. The team announced the contract extension for the third-year head coach. Uh, The length of that extension not uh, immediately available to the public. Uh, but Zimmer uh, has 18 wins in his first two years. That's the most for any Vikings head coach to start his career other than the late Dennis Green, who had 20. Uh, Mark, I know you're bullish on the Vikings this season, uh, and you like Mike Zimmer, don't you? Yeah, I think that I said you know earlier in the offseason that after this year that we'll view him as a top-five coach. I, I think it took him way longer than, it should, than he should have to get the head coaching job, and he's – very quickly made the most of it. So this was a good move by the Vikings. That was a prescient statement by you because when I hear this statement from Rick Spielman, their general manager, there is no doubt Zimmer is going to be our coach for a long time. That tells me that they view him as one of the best coaches in the NFL. He he reminds me of Bruce Arians, guy that you can see why maybe he didn't interview that well. Not a guy that plays politics, is very honest and – it took him a while to get his chance, and he's awesome. He And the thing is, you kind of know what, what defines a Mike Zimmer team. Uh, a tough secondary, maybe with some veterans that are going to play over their heads, a good defensive line, an aggressive team. They're stuck in a loaded NFC. I really think the NFC is better this year, that there's going to be better top-level teams in the NFC. It's going to be tougher to make the Super Bowl at the NFC. You put them in the AFC, they're right there maybe with the top teams. Greg is in his sweet spot. Why is that? He's just. This is the whole world is before him the whole season. I just. I can <laughs> see the excitement in Greg. Okay. Looming. Where is this coming from? Football's well, back. Man. Yeah. 
I, he's texted me again. Like, oh, and I'm going to have to. I, I, have I to, see. I, this is a setup. No, no. I just, you know, I'm going to at some point have to shut this thing down because it's too what, much. What the bit or the text? The whole thing, oh, because okay. the, you know, for obvious reasons. But you know, it's about two fifteen a.m. I wake up from you know, two fifteen. Well, he sent it around. It was one forty eight a.m. I got. Do you know how I know this story isn't true? He said I wake up at like you were you weren't already up. No, I was asleep. Oh, I believe fourteen a.m. I, I believe asleep. this story, Mark. Go ahead. I. Do you want, I'm just going to read flat out. There's no analysis here. It just says, he wrote to me, hey, bro, what up, my dude? <laughs> I'm just sitting around the house drinking some white wine and looking through old vacation photos of my trip to Japan. Oh, that checks out. Yeah. Really got me thinking about how much I miss traveling. I love to get on a passenger jet right now and fly to Europe and tour that region's rich array of ancient castles. <laughs> Do you like castles? Whoa. I really like castles so much. This is when I was like, Greg is obviously drinking the white wine. I love human history and the study of architecture. Tonight I ate roast beef for dinner with a side of bismati rice. Yes, I know it's kind of weird to mix roast beef with a rice that originates from the Indian subcontinent, but I like doing experimental things with food. You never know how various platters will combine to form a completely new dish. I looked out my window just now and saw a child flying by on a bike. I miss being a child and feeling free. Do you agree? See you tomorrow. Fondly, Greg. Huh. <laughs> I want to I know what you're drinking before that comes out. I like how the, the text <laughs> starts out in a very friendly, informal tone and then ends in the most formal of, of all type of sign-offs. Fondly, Greg. I can't explain it. it won't, I will not be receiving any more texts from Greg. What you can do, you, you can have him on block. Yeah, put it on silent or I'm yeah, in a silent. do not disturb on your iPhone. The real villain here are the parents that led that kid uh, ride the bike at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's a fair point. It's, a, it's Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a vision. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Flying by on a bike like E.T.? <laughs> Literally flying? <laughs> Greg? Moving on, the Cleveland Browns, they will not be wasting any time naming that start, starting quarterback, Co- Coach Hugh Jackson told reporters on Thursday he plans to pick his starting quarterback, quote, before the first preseason game. This according to uh, Mark's uh, paramour, Mary Kay Cabot, of the Plain Dealer. Um, <laughs> what? Is that not accurate? I think that, that was the wrong word. Oh. This paramour yeah, right. now is Lil Debbie. I don't know. Oh, that's true. Never mind. Former paramour. Well, also, untr- barrel on. It's okay. completely fixed textures. I mean, that's ridiculous. Okay. Well, you seem a little frazzled by it, which makes me think it might be true. Well, I was looking at something else, and then I heard that. And okay. So you're not dating or formerly dating Mary Kay Cabot <laughs> I am, of the Plain Deal. I am baffled at where you're going with this. The Browns uh, enter camp with RG3, Josh McCown, Austin, Austin Davis, and rookie Cody Kessler all in a competition. Mark, sorry for sidetracking you there. Who is winning this competition that will be over before the first preseason game? I don't need this uh, Walking on Sunshine song here. I mean, I think this is <laughs> – it feels like they're just going to give it to RG3 unless he really crumbles because this is an odd timeline for me. I think you need to see RG3 in game situations, but what are they going to do, hand it to Josh McCown before the first game? I, right. I just this, I, It's going to RG3, and I don't really get it. This sounds like a terrible idea. It reminds me of how Rick's – or. Uh, Bill O'Brien played the Texans quarterback last room last year. So you're going to play RG3 in the last two years. We've seen him absolutely implode in the preseason. 
So what happens when he does that and you have to turn around and name Josh McCown this time? Right. How many live tackling practices are there before the first preseason game? I think you only get 14 or something the whole camp. So there's how many before then? And you're going to make a decision. To, to me, this is all Hugh Jackson. He's made up his mind that it's RG3, and it's almost like he wants to warn everyone and prepare them and announce the starter before anything can change that. All evidence that we have is that the best quarterback they have is Josh McCown. And, you know, I I was vocal about this when they signed RG3. It felt like a terrible decision when it happened. Still think it's a terrible decision. I think it's a train wreck. And giving him the job before, it just it, it makes me think they really are serious. They seriously believe that they're going to be able to fix him. And, they and have this to. is not a this is not patchwork. They think in their mind that they have a chance to fix this guy and make him a multi year starter. So and they're treating him that way, frankly, by giving him the job before he, he has frankly done anything to prove that he, he deserves it. It's 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 a little puzzling to me. I agree. That's that's fine to believe it, but you still gotta watch and see what happens. That's the thing. The writers who were watching the off season practices kept saying, Look, if if you were just watching them, you would think Josh McCown is the guy who is most ready to start, which doesn't so, surprise you. All you have to do is watch the last three years of games when RG3 played or Josh McCown played. Not that Josh McCown is an all-pro, but that he would— He wasn't their problem last year. Right. If you, I mean, McCown gives you a, a starter until you find your guy. So maybe we're all wrong, and he's going to name Josh McCown the starter. Hmm. That would be something. That would be a huge surprise, right? But well, the he, way the way— uh, Mary Kay Cabot and the rest of the Browns beat reporters have talked for the past few months. That would be a surprise. The timeline would be equally baffling, though, because then why wouldn't you have wanted to see the rest of your guys before you named Josh McCown or you inherited as your starter? I mean, either way, it doesn't make a, a lot of sense. See some games. Yeah, I, I went into this camp with the Browns thinking McCown still has a decent chance to pull an upset because he'll just outplay him. But th- this quote makes me think he does not have much of a chance. Moving on, other quarterback talk. The Denver Broncos traded up to select Paxton Lynch with the 26th overall pick in uh, April's draft. And, you know, a lot of talk that he would need at least a year to get ready. He was a raw quarterback. But then there's Paxton Lynch, who's a real guy and a competitor, and he's looking at a quarterback depth chart that includes Mark Sanchez, a journeyman, let's face it, and Trevor Simeon, who, you know, not for nothing, is kind of in the same category as our old friend from Houston, for me anyway. Tom Savage? He's a little Tom Savagey. Does he actually exist? Is he just uh, uh, some type of propped up um, 3D hologram of some sort meant to stir up this quarterback competition a little bit? I don't know. I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just saying it is what it is. And so Paxton Lynch is saying, hey, I can be the starter this year. If you're going to choose between those guys, here's what he said. I definitely think I have the opportunity to better myself and put myself in the position to play right away or sooner than I had thought. I know these guys were going to be ahead of me just because of experience. Trevor, his experience in the offense, and Mark, his experience in the league, and me being a rookie, and this is the first time I've seen a playbook like that. So, yeah, that's basically what he's saying. The only thing working against me is experience. Give me a shot, bro. And then Gary Kubiak came out and said, it's going to be an open competition with all three quarterbacks. They're going to get equal reps. I still think that Kubiak has gone so far out of his way to point out how green Lynch is that there has to be a purpose to that. He, but he saying, also said on Wednesday that 
all these areas running the huddle, getting to the line of scrimmage, right. that Lynch has improved. That was an issue in April and May, and and now it's not as much of an issue. E- even today in the first first practice, you know, he came out after the practice and he said he thought Sanchez looks sharp and he thought Lynch's head was swimming after the first day at camp, it, which is totally to be expected. That was the book on Lynch coming out of that system in Memphis. It was going to be a tough transition. You couldn't, you can't get much different than Kubiak. I mean, Elway has come out multiple times and said Lynch can and maybe will start sooner than people believe. I've always looked at this Broncos team as Kubiak wasn't afraid to switch quarterbacks last year. I, we, we could see three different starters this season. I just I don't think that would be crazy because Sanchez is a master of working himself out of a job. They're going to want to see Simeon at some point, and then maybe Lynch is ready later in the year. Who knows? I have some bad news for you, Chris Wesley. Okay. Uh, one of your colleagues or former colleagues has been injured in a boating accident. Oh, Warren's, I think I know where you're going with Warren this. Sapp made history Wednesday. He became the first Hall of Famer to survive a shark attack. The former Bucks and Raiders star and former NFL Network commentator, was bit on the arm during a lobster fishing expedition off the Florida Keys. Apparently that's something that happens. According to the Tampa Bay Times, uh, Jack Carlson, a charter captain who was involved with this mess, uh, tweeted uh, or texted uh, with the Tampa Bay Times, it's simple, he was lobstering with me and a shark bit sap while he was grabbing the lobster. He's okay. Uh, A gross Instagram photo of a pretty nasty gash in Sap's arm. But he will survive, I repeat. Warren Sapp will not die. We caught four-foot sharks off the coast of Tybee when I lived there. Those things run on batteries. (laughs) Four foot's nothing. (laughs) Batteries. (laughs) As opposed to the sharks you plug in? Yeah, you got a a nine- or ten-foot shark, then we're talking. I mean, then we're talking about... Warren Sapp really survived something. Wes this is basically th- saying to any of the sharks listening, come at me. I'm, saying <laughs> I'm not afraid like, of you, four-foot shark. This is slightly more than a mosquito bite. It was a nurse shark, too, not the not exactly a bull or a great white. I'm impressed, Dan, the research, and y- you guys can check out this article. It's well done on the, Dan's new End Around page, which is the been, End Around Project. A lot of... Uh, a lot of fire on end around. So check it out, NFL.com slash end around. But you, a lot of research must have gone into that to go back, well. check every single Hall of Famer <laughs> to make sure. Oh, wait. I heard Mel Hine might might have gotten the bite. Maybe Bronco Nagurski. Nope. Nope. That was just a well, heel. So, some previous Hall of Famers have actually bitten sharks. <laughs> it's It was actually, Greg, I don't like to pull back the curtain in terms of my research and the work I do behind the scenes. But, yes, this was a post I had been working on for a week. In fact, <laughs> so I didn't you even know had... Warren Sapp was being bitten. I was just – I want to do you some put shark, the shark up. Well, right. It's going to happen at some point, maybe. Be yeah. ready for it. And then fortune shined down on my little blog project. <laughs> That's the truth. That's what's happening in the news, guys. Nice news, Seg. End around project. Don't You don't want to call the page. What? What is it? Site? It's just the end around. It's a lab. NFL.com slash end around. Um, that's the thing I'm working on right now. Um, all right, let's do it. Let's talk about uh, one thing no one is talking about. Nobody. If one person's talking about it already, null and void. You're going in the penalty box. That's the glass where Brandon's sitting. Looking at you, Mark, you're up first. Well, I'm banged right out of the gate because, you know, the Vikings – yeah, everyone wants to hand the <laughs> NFC North to the Green Bay Packers, right? Yes. Oh, sure. Jordy Nelson's coming back, and the Vikings that 
you know, came within a, a missed field goal of knocking the Seahawks out of the playoffs last year. Well, forget about them. They're going to come back to earth, and it's going to be Green Bay's division. They're going to go 14-2, have a nice time. Disagree. <laughs> Disagree. People need to realize. People are sleeping. What are people not talking about? They are not talking about the fact with this that man. the Vikings, are, <laughs> the Vikings to me, I just said it, they have a top five coach. I think that they are one of the most improved teams over the last two seasons under Zimmer. We're from where they were then till now. They've got talent all around Teddy Bridgewater. They just drafted Laquan, Laquan Treadwell to help the passing game. You've got Mo Boringer there, the German sensation. Here's what they're not talking about. You can't bring up Mo Boringer. Here's what the people aren't talking about. The Vikings are this year's Cardinals. Mm. They're going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch. Look at Wes hijacking your point. Go ahead, Wes. We can agree. I'm helping around. We discussed this at lunch, and so we actually did talk about it before. But here's the thing. That game against the Cardinals last year, they lost 23-20. That is the blueprint of what this team can be. Minus the loss. They, that was one of the best games for a team that didn't win all season last year. They looked fantastic. So you're saying there's a chance that that team is going to learn how to close out those type of games. Yes. And nobody's talking. And win the division. I don't, I, I don't like this immediately handing the NFC North to the Green Bay Packers. The Vikings need to be paid attention to, and they're going to win this division. Got it. So no one's talking about uh, the other teams in the NFC North, specifically the Vikings, as real division threats. Bingo. And the Vikings as a potential juggernaut. I'm not sure if juggernaut. I, well, whoa, whoa, not, who's the quarterback I, here? Warren I'm, Moon. I'm just I'm putting this uh, out there. I'm not sure bit. if I would buy this argument, but I think what Wes is getting to in terms of their excitement level and the team that they've built slowly rising, there is an argument to be made that they're going to be one of the top four or five teams in the NFL, that you think of the power teams, and they kind of fit that profile of a team that stayed together and could be in that mix. Now, I would throw the Packers in that mix too, Panthers, Seahawks, Patriots. Maybe those are your five teams, but that the Vikings have a shot at least the Cardinals out at that sort of level. Cardinals too, so that's six. Hmm. Wes, you're up. Here's something that nobody is talking that's about. That's the key to this exercise. Mm. Nobody, I might have to change Nobody that. is talking about the ongoing disrespect for the Cincinnati Bengals, who will enter the season once again with the strongest roster in the AFC and should be considered prohibitive favorites in their division over a Steelers team that loses a difference-making talent seemingly every week. That's fair, dog. Mm. You know, we talk about Andy Dalton as if he's some one-year wonder and that because Hugh Jackson's gone and Marvin Jones is gone and Mohamed Sanu's gone that he's just going gonna, gonna to turn back into a pumpkin at midnight. But I, I think the fact is he made the leap. He's a franchise quarterback now, and you heard it when Brandon LaFell came in and saw him during the offseason, compared him to Tom Brady for his mastery of the offense and how he leads that team. I think a little more respect is due Andy Dalton. I, I think that's fair, but this is the chance for him to prove it because he's going to start the season, like you said, with LaFell, Boyd as a rookie as his slot receiver, and Tyler Eifert being on the bench, so I don't know who's starting at tight end, Tyler Croft or something. So it's it's not an easy start and situation. He's coming off an injury too. And if he is that guy who made the leap, he'll keep he'll keep the ship afloat and he'll play well. Well, we've talked about the Steelers and Bengals as in a patriot like in their cons- their just consistency organization from top to bottom. The Bengals, they I understand the playoff situation, but they are the benefactors now of keeping their coach 
and assistants around. And the, the, Marvin Lewis has a huge coaching tree at this point, and the Bengals have to be looked at one of those teams that year to year, they don't blow the ship up, and they're, they now have grown a roster through Marvin Lewis and a scouting department that didn't exist before into something formidable. There are very few teams in today's NFL that can just allow veteran free agents to walk and then immediately plug in somebody just mm-hmm. as good. And the Bengals have that kind of depth. Think about their cornerbacks, about how they have, they really have like four cornerbacks, including three that are their own high picks. They don't even have to play their first-round pick because they have so many. Or Vontae's perfect, who no other team wanted. Um, I will um, go to the NFC West and the Seattle Seahawks, who for years we never had to think about the running back position because you had Marshawn Lynch there, and he was one of the best running backs of his generation. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then he got hurt last year, and this guy Thomas Rawls stepped in, and he looked just as good. Well, maybe not just as good as Vince Marshall Lynch. You're going to say better. All right, he was great. He was tremendous. Then he suffers a, a particularly nasty lower leg injury uh, that requires surgery, and I just want to throw it out there here. Uh, a, a Seattle team, they love running the football, and I know Russell Wilson's a superstar, and that's going to help you in any situation, but you've got to run the rock. And Thomas Rawls uh, is not ready uh, for training camp. He's going to um, stay on the pup list. They don't expect him to play much in the preseason. They are really babying him, which makes me think that this is a serious injury, the type of injury where that you really don't know what you're going to get out of him, at the very least in the beginning of the season. Uh, but who knows how he'll come back from a nasty leg injury. And uh, you look at the rest of their depth chart, I don't know. You can get excited about somebody if you're real, if you're a spice rack type college enthusiast. Uh, well, we know Kristen Michael. I, who knows if he'll even make the team though? It probably well, they helped. drafted three guys. Yeah, they got the guy at Notre Dame in the third round, uh, CJ Prosis. Prosis, but he's also dealing with it. He didn't play in the, the, any spring workouts because he has a hip injury. So that's. I mean, I'm just saying. There's a lot of uncertainty suddenly in Seattle's backfield for the first time, and in a, a very a competitive division and conference. That's something to keep an eye on. I don't think people are talking about that a lot. Well, not to mention their entire offensive line won't return a single starter at the same position as a year ago. So that's a combination with with the mm. running backs. And maybe they'll be better. Tom Cable, who you mentioned, Mark, last show as a great assistant, they, they're putting a lot of faith in him to figure all this out. Maybe they'll be better on the offensive line. I, I would think with Rawls, though, that – if I was a fantasy leaguer, I'd be very wary of taking him. Because who's to say that Collins or Prosis or their seventh-round pick or another undrafted guy, who's to say they're not the next Thomas Rawls? This is a team well, that might manufacture running backs. We, there are people who watch college tape and can see this kind of stuff. But I, my point is no one was talking about Thomas Rawls as this type of player a year ago. Who's to say one of these guys can't compete with him and at least share some carries with the guy who's Let's, coming off a serious injury? Well, I'm going to have to call little BS on that. I'm not going to downplay Thomas Rawls' injury because it's a major injury and he's not healthy now. But if he's healthy, he's quite clearly a top 10 running back in the NFL, and these guys on the bench are not. Well, but you don't know that. That's what you would have thought about Thomas Well, when you read scattering reports that Collins is an average talent and has a 28-inch vertical and a slow 40 time, you kind of doubt that he's going to out outplay Thomas Rawls. Right, but I, I my, my point is, Thomas if Rawls. any scouts knew Thomas Rawls was Thomas Rawls, he wouldn't be undrafted. If the but Seahawks you can't ignore that, what he put on you can't ignore what he put on tape Absolutely. last year, which was great. Little, legitimately great. One thing about Seattle, and it started with Russell Wilson, it didn't matter who else was on that roster, this is the month where they're going to decide who their starters are, and it's not going to be, it is, it's a meritocracy, and Rawls, if he plays like last year, should be the starter, barring someone tearing up 
the field. I mean, yeah, someone's I mean, going to have to come in and play very, very well. Yeah, I think it's more a thought where one of these guys, if they emerge, especially as a third down back like Prosis, you know, could could split work with him, especially as he's getting back healthy. That's I think that's – I mean, Prosis is the guy. He's They have huge plans for him as their third down guy, passing down guy, and I whether Rawls is healthy or not, Prosis is going to play. to Wes's point – Thomas Rawls was tremendous last year. 147 carries is all he got before he got hurt uh, in early December, but he had 5.6 yards per carry. That guy was moving the ball every time he touched it. Uh, we'll see if he gets back to form. Greg? I am going to talk – well, see, this is tricky. You really laid down the gauntlet that no one is talking Literally about. Literally no one. I'm not saying people I failed in completely, the I believe, at this exercise. I'm not saying people – I'm saying fans. I'm saying fathers and sons in their den on a quiet Sunday evening. No one could have talked about this. Well, I, w- I was going to talk about that. I, I don't think Jared Goff starting week one is a lock, but I feel like Steve Weiss has started to hint about that. So someone has talked about that, mm-hmm. that that is something to watch, that you just shouldn't gar- – you shouldn't assume – that Jared Goff is just locked in day one starter, whether it's Sean Mannion or whether it's Case Keenum. It depend, it's really all about Goff fighting himself and expectations. If he can show he's ready to start, he'll start. And if not, maybe they'll bring him along slowly. So really? you, you are going to talk about this. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really so confused. You go, You're I really in too deep now. more bold roll. with this one. That there's very little chance that Goff starts week one. Well, I don't believe that, though. I don't believe that. I don't want to overrate what happened in OTAs. It it sounds like he was definitely not going to be starting if he keeps up his trajectory from OTAs. But you never know. That that's non-padded practice. Maybe things are going to come along quickly where he's practicing twice a day in training camp. You don't know. It sounded like he was not on the trajectory to start. It's pretty stark the reports that we heard from Steve Weish about golf compared to say Marcus Mariota. Yeah, in Tennessee last year when Mariota was seen as a project and came in and blew the doors off. Or, Reminds me or a little. Even Wentz. Wentz is getting praise from all his position coaches, no matter what the red shirt nonsense with him. Give me a break. Reminds me a little of Alex Smith, who was not ready when they put him in, of Aaron Rodgers, who really got hammered by the Packers writers during his rookie training camp. By the uh, way, so did Brian Brom. Right. So you, you just never know. You just never know. But people have talked about that, so I think I failed. <laughs> I, I wouldn't beat yourself up. How about the fact well, that the did. how about the fact that the Cardinals don't have uh, two starting quality cornerbacks that they have really poor depth. Well, at now you're failing because you're going down to a second. No team. one's talking about that. I, this I is, don't even buy this. This is supposed to be a super team. Justin <laughs> Bethel is their starting cornerback, and he's not healthy. He's not going to be back for three weeks. So, and he was their fourth cornerback a year ago. So if I'm hearing you correctly, nobody's talking about the huge Gerard Powers loss in their secondary. I'm just saying. They, Give me a break. They've got the best cornerback in the NFL on one side. They've got Honey Badger coming back. They've got Justin Bethel, who did fine down the stretch, and they'll probably sign some veteran off the street. They, they know how to coach Awkward. him you got to get Honey Badger. I, didn't, I never knew you were such a Gerard Powers fan. Ooh, that's low. <laughs> More of a Tony Jefferson guy. Do you have a third topic you'd like to bring up, Greg? <laughs> Don't do it, Greg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Check out uh, – NFL.com slash camp battles. There you go. Nice. You can read more. You can more ideas there. Two bangers. When in doubt, fall back on the vanity URL. (laughs) Get your Greg Rosie. Get your Greg Rosie. (laughs) Uh, All right. Good set, guys. Before we go, uh, yes, we promised it. Uh, We are not afraid um, to hear feedback from fans, not just the good stuff, but we do. We listen to it. We read the good stuff, and we see it on Twitter. And it feels good, but also you got to keep that head small enough where you can get through the door into the podcast studio. So that's why we read the bad stuff too. 
This is called uh, iTunes Customer Reviews. <laughs> wow. Irish. I need to workshop that a little. This is from MKL006, titled Pre-Review Grade C-, but a five-star, mm. so it's a bit. A former Coal Town resident, a post-postman, a tarot card enthusiast, and an NFL Japan correspondent get together three times a week to bash the Browns and pronounce Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. This is a good one. You ready? This is a true story, by the way, this one coming up. Title, I Was Far Away on a Boat. Five stars from Adrigius. Yes, it's true. I was away on a boat when this was dropped on me. A bob upon a wine dark sea, we ran an iPhone up the mast, a 3G lobster pot, and checked to find a squirming juicy pod. Trust me, my friend said, you'll like it. Perhaps it was the time, three weeks at sea with snorting seals for company. Perhaps it was the drink, wine, whiskey, and rum until our pores grew pores like and reeked a dead sloth gas swirled around our feet. Probably it was the companionship, two old divine friends whose word had whose words had weeks before begun to strangle cord around each other's necks. <laughs> Into this dank space flowed four <laughs> heroic voices, which soothed like manly naiads all the white-capped nerves and creaking tackle of our sea-frayed minds. Greg is the will to rule them. Dan is the hand to shape them. Chris is the past to judge them, and Mark is the future to guide them. Now years have passed. Back on land, I have lost my salt and filled the empty space. But there's always a place for them. And there always will be. Oh, ghost written by Mark Sapp. I was going to oh, say. No, no, no. That was, that that was, was amazing. What, who is this person? I, I was going to say. It Get off the it boat. It doesn't if, if Mark is writing them. <laughs> I did not write that. <clears throat> so that's a great one. Yes. Probably that was one inspired. of the best written ones ever. Prob- it has to be. Uh, but they're not all good. This I think guy he lifted some of that from Old Man in the Sea. That was, <laughs> that was beautiful. From William is Bill. He wrote it on the Fourth of July. Seemed like an interesting time. Should have so been Bill out is with his friends. This is Bill being Bill. So it says something about him. Title: They don't talk football. One star. <laughs> they are great when they actually talk football, but most of the time they talk about things that should be left off air. Hmm. It isn't entertaining or funny. The first ten minutes of every show is a torture to listen to. It's very disdaining, considering this should be one of the best NFL podcasts. But until they get a new host or get professional enough to actually talk football, I will be unsubscribing. Written by Greg. Right. That shouldn't. <laughs> I was going to say, that shouldn't count either. I want to party with you, William is Bill. Can, can I, a, a formal reply <laughs> on behalf of all the around the NFL team to Please. William is Bill. Go f- yourself. <laughs> So we are very open to the criticism. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. I think I'd like better criticism than they have too much fun. Next one. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> one star. One star by Charger1971. Yeah, enjoy the team in L.A. next year, bud. Ghost written by Bill Parcells. Middle class white dude bros talk about the local softball team and 90s alt rock. Riveting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's good. That's good. That's, That's pretty fair. Good, That's very fair. Uh, you got to give him credit. You know, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> Best NFL podcast, five stars by Joe Q. Thank you, Around the League. Well, it's Around the NFL, Joe. 
uh, for helping fans through their football ups and downs. Dan Hansis, you're my sports writer spirit animal. Don't let the boss keep your jet spirit down. I won't, buddy. Rosenthal, you're as, you're as tolerable as a Patriots fan as one can be. Oh, that's that's, a, that's nice. Keep drumming Mom up the Dolphins so maybe you can jump ship post-Brady. <laughs> Wes, consistent <laughs> analysis that keeps the debate focused when talking points become ridiculous. <laughs> West of this was one of the funniest football holidays there is. One of them. Not How the many funniest. football holidays are there? <laughs> Not the funniest, just one of them. Sessler, the Browns can't stink forever. Keep going with the post-apocalyptic creative writing pieces. You should look into narrating books on tape. Love you guys. That was nice. Very nice. Right underneath that, nope. One star. <laughs> nope. <laughs> By Action Potato Hero. A bunch of nobodies socializing with each other, occasionally touching the NFL. Accurate. These are definitely o- off-season criticisms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do a couple more. Six. Oh, this was a good one. Four guys who obviously never played football beyond Little League. One star. <laughs> By the way, not a. Can I just be honest? Not a real criticism, because ninety-five percent of the people in this business that played football have absolutely nothing to say. So we at least have something to say, whether you agree or disagree. They're mailing well, it in. There's a mindset that if you haven't played football in the NFL, you don't belong talking about it, and we are not the podcast for anybody with that mindset. So, Blake Bard, I'm going to read your comment anyway, but just know where to stick it. Typical non-players who read stats and numbers and make horrible predictions year to year. It's pretty accurate. This is a <laughs> Patriots, Jets, and Browns podcast. I have no team but really care very little about the Jets or the Browns because they are hopelessly irrelevant in the league. Amateur. That's fair. Amateur comedy. <laughs> this is written by Wes. Yeah, exactly. Amateur comedy mixed in with acting condescending to the athletes. Nice writing there, bud. Uh, they make their parasite living off. All talented writers. <laughs> that was random. Uh, but of course, sold out for actually a low amount of money because their <laughs> self-esteem is so low, they don't pursue writing original material. Find low-hanging fruit stories. And, wow, this is just delving right into the written side here. The guy's going right into it. Find low-hanging fruit stories and pretend to hate it, even though they shouldn't be talking about it so often. Very nice guys. I like how every sentence is pre- like prefaced with the compliment, and then the dagger He's comes conflicted. Out. He is, yeah. I'm Very not, ambivalent. I'm not even going to read the rest of this, guys. He made a lot of good points. And some bad ones. No, I, that was fair, though. Again, these, are, these guys are doing a good job. Well, I don't think he, I don't like being called a sellout. That's one thing I've never been. All right, Wes, calm down. <laughs> Finally, art and science, five stars. Andy Sweeney. You, just by the name, you know it's a nice guy. What do you get when you combine the comedic artistry and the hair game of the old Zeuser, the nostalgic prose of hurt and hope from the quiet storm, and the scientist heat of mailman and boss? It's a high-octane octane winning, duh, combo platter of first-rate analysis, mirth, and genuine camaraderie. Five stars on the everyman scale. Mm. I like the there nice ones better and all of a sudden. I used to like the mean ones, but... The mean ones are cutting a little too close to the bone. And I think it's... I think it's... You know, that's why. It got a little real. <laughs> well, there well. were some very accurate, intriguing things said, and there were some completely incorrect and, things and, stated. You know, and now... That, yeah, I'm feeling a little hurt. My first statement to the first negative uh, commenter, I will now, you know... That goes toward everyone else that had something negative to say. <laughs> well, I've got an open statement to all of the negative comments. Yes. We'll give you your money back. <laughs> no, we're handling this very well, I think. Greg? Bring it. Yeah. 
Bring it. Just keep listening. I don't give a <laughs> What's the matter? Uh, keep listening. Yeah, that's it for this week's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed our three shows. Uh, yes, you could leave comments on iTunes. Uh, the hashtag iTunes challenge still going on. Oh, yeah. I, ch- I went and just checked. We have 930 reviews. We got to get that thing in quadruple digits, the reviews. We got to get it to 1,000. We're at 930 now. Okay. The challenge is there. Get it to 1,000. The iTunes challenge 70. has been out. Uh, if you haven't left a comment yet, like, we don't care, good or bad. Just leave a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. We might read it on the air, and that's fun. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with another week of shows uh, as we get into uh, the training camp in full swing uh, by next week. And then all of a sudden, right around the corner, is the preseason, the fantasy extra- uh, fantasy football extravaganza we have coming up in August. There's so much fun stuff coming up. Get excited, everybody. But that's it for this week. Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm. Have fun at Little Debbie, buddy. Thank you. The mailman. The boss and the Irishman behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.